Hey folks, before we get started, I wanted to tell you about the Consumer VC Summit. The Consumer VC Summit is a three-day virtual event that is focused on e-commerce, retail, and innovation. This is all happening February 23rd through 25th, 2021. Mark Nathan and I have really poured our souls into it. During the day is a mix of talks and panel discussions with some incredible founders and investors that focus on these sectors. In the evenings, we're going to be throwing networking events, and if you're a founder, you'll also have access to mentoring sessions, which means you'll meet three investors or industry professionals for feedback about your business. All of our talks and panels will also be available for replay with a ticket. Please check out summit.theconsumervc.com and enter ConsumerVC for a 20% discount. This is also located in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you there. Now on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to The Consumer VC. I'm your host, Mike Gelb, and on this show, we talk about the world of venture capital and consumer-facing startups. Over the holidays, we're going to be releasing highlights from past episodes from this year every morning of Hanukkah and each day during the 12 days of Christmas. If you're a founder or investor and looking to meet more folks in the ecosystem, each week I host a networking event on my Upstream channel. The link is in the show notes to join on mobile. Looking forward to seeing you there. I'm excited to share highlights from my conversation with Jake Liu, CEO of Outer. Outer is an extraordinary company that is re-engineering outdoor furniture. Without further ado, here's Jake. I mean, the original story was that, you know, my, my, my family, a cousin of mine actually has a factory. And so he specializes in patio furniture, outdoor furniture. And he's been supplying to, you know, a lot of major retailers and online platforms like Wayfair, Amazon, etc. And, you know, he's doing well. And so basically I took interest in that. Um, and I said, maybe I can help you build something, um, you know, an e-commerce operation uh, for you directly without working with other retailers. So I did that in 2016. That was when I was also still building ProspectWise. So it was really just doing it on the side. But that business really started taking off after the first few months. Um, I was doing awesome cash flow. It was, you know, got to a million dollar in, in run rate in record time became one of the fastest growing patio furniture vendors, for example, on Wayfair, which was fast growing as well. And so that really kind of gave me the first hand look at how exciting this space really is as, you know, furniture shopping is moving online at the increasing pace in America. Outdoor furniture is actually, you know, a blowout success as well because outdoor living is becoming a major trend here in the U.S. Everybody wants that indoor-outdoor lifestyle, right? That sliding glass door that leads out to a a patio. And so, yeah, I mean, seeing that the market doesn't really have a lot of great options and seeing that I had the resource of the factory, the last piece was really just finding a team and a co-founder and partner that can do that. And I found that in my co-founder, Terry Lin, who was the former head furniture designer at Pottery Barn, right? And so I felt like I had all the ingredients and all the right pieces in place to basically create a really compelling brand that really just focuses on outdoor living. And we really go deep into little details of what makes outdoor furniture great and what makes them painful, right? And we uncover a lot of those and solve a lot of those problems. And so that's how we got started about a little less than three years ago. What I love about your story is that when I've had other entrepreneurs on, it's been about the brand first. And, you know, interested in a product, building a brand from the beginning, where I think where your story differs, uh, which I really appreciate, 
is that you actually started on the production side originally, right? And then you went, in, you obviously went into wholesale and went through Wayfair. And then you thought, wait, let's back up. Can we actually build this into our own brand and and actually create our own like custom outdoor furniture pieces? Is that is is that right? That's right. That's right. And so one thing I didn't mention is that my co-founder Terry, he was also the VP of product management at Casper, and everybody knows that Casper is a you know, very fast growing, very successful new brand, right? A new digital brand. And we've definitely learned a lot of things about what to do, right? In, in building a brand, but also some, some uh, mistakes to avoid. And I think one of the key learnings is that, you know, Terry, he himself is a IDEO trained designer. You know, he's all about customer centric design. It's all about solving problems through design. And so, you know, the concept of brand before product, it just, you know, it just baffles me because I feel like, you know, a product begets the brand, right? Product itself is the brand. That's how people interact with your brand in the first place through the product. And so in the very, you know, day one, we basically said, we need to really delve into the actual construction of the products down to the yarns of the fabrics, to every single screw, to finding out what are the, the pain points that people with existing outdoor furniture are facing. How do we solve for those? Before you even started imagining, you know, what the logo looks like or what the website looks like or how the packaging could be really shiny and all of that, which are important. But, you know, I think I guess one of the uh, false promises of modern brands is that they are basically reinventing kind of like this customer experience. But while they succeed in doing so, right, through really, really clever marketing and branding and positioning and design wise, sometimes the product itself is overlooked. And I think that's a huge miss because at the end of the day, as consumers, we care about the product. That's what we paid for, right? That's the promise that the experience would bring. And so at the end of the day, it's all about the product. And so basically we really, really stress that in, in the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's fascinating because, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when they begin their business, they have this insight that, hey, this market is growing. In your case, it's it's outdoor furniture. But you were actually experiencing that from the very beginning when you were actually uh, wholesaling and, and actually selling on Wayfair and really exploding on Wayfair. And then you backed up and you thought, how can we actually create our own brand and our own custom outdoor furniture that is, you know, very differentiated of what's currently out there because we know that outdoor furniture is becoming more and more popular. That's right. That's right. I think a lot of that is both through, you know, the hands-on experience with the wholesale, you know, business, but also just seeing the macro trends, right? Like you said, I think I recently read a report that says, you know, the average home buyer is willing to give up, you know, entire bedroom just to have a little bit of outdoor space. You know, it's becoming this mainstream. And another study that says, you know, for seven years in a row, outdoor living room is the number one requested feature in American home. So, you know, we're seeing these, you know, rising trends that, that are changing consumer behavior. And this is all before COVID, by the way, right? After the pandemic, everyone's thinking about how do I make my backyard livable and more enjoyable, ex- expand my living, living spaces, right? And at home without building a new room, so to speak. And so we, I really noticed that in the, in the very beginning. But the problem is that existing solutions just don't cut it. You know, there are just so many pitfalls when it comes to outdoor furniture. I think a lot of you, you know, your audience might relate to this. We call it the wet bottom syndrome, which is you're sitting down on this innocuous looking patio set and, you know, the water gushes out. <laughs> which gets your pants wet and your days ruined, right? So that kind of experience is really terrible for people that just want to go outside, have a cup of coffee, uh, to have a phone call, just to have a moment, right? And they have to deal with this 
wet and dirty cushion, or it's covered by a rain tarp, or the cushions are inside, nowhere to be found. And so these are all the really prominent problems that span the, uh, doesn't matter if you, you buy it from, you know, like a Home Depot, Wayfair, Ikea, or you shell, shell out the ten twenty thousand dollars $20,000 from restoration hardware or Italian designer furniture, right? You have the same issue. And so we thought we can take a crack at, you know, solving those problems. So talk to me about your innovations. Let me back up a little bit by, by telling you about, you know, what's different between outdoor furniture and indoor furniture. I think the biggest challenge in outdoor furniture is that you can't use any organic materials. So usually you can use cotton and wood and all these natural materials in your indoor furniture because it's always sheltered, right? It doesn't get rained on. It doesn't have UV exposure 24-7. Not the same case for outdoor. And you don't have control over where people put the outdoor sofa, right? It could be a customer next to the ocean in Santa Monica. It could be a customer in, you know, in the middle of Texas. It could be a customer in Maine with brutal winters. So you don't really have control over that. And so your palette when it comes to material is very, very limited. So you have to use synthetic material, in this case, plastic and metal. How do you make, you know, materials out of plastic that's also comfortable, right? Soft to the touch. It doesn't feel plasticky, uh, but also make it durable. So it lasts uh, under sun exposure. It lasts under rain and snow. But also one of the other challenges that we've taken on is how do you make that synthetic material then sustainable, eco-friendly? How do you make it so it's recyclable? It's really hard to balance what I call the golden triangle of durability, comfort, and eco-friendliness in this category. But exactly that's the challenge that we took on. Uh, that's why we took you know, 14 months in just developing our fabrics um, that's essentially water-resistant, stain-resistant, mold-resistant, UV-resistant. It's life-proof. But when you touch it, you feel like it's made of cotton. It's the softest thing, right? But it's also recyclable. So you know, that's a huge piece of technology that we developed in the beginning. Another thing is the cushion itself. I mean, most people just accept the fact that outdoor furniture is just not comfortable. When comparing to your indoor sofa, you know, there's no way your outdoor sofa could be nearly as comfortable. And so we also said, you know, that that can't be it. You know, we can create the most comfortable outdoor seating as well. And so we took a multi-layer foam design. That's kind of like a, a page out of some of the memory foam mattresses out there, right? We have a memory foam top layer. And we have a, a basic uh, foam block at the, at the bottom. So you have this really soft, but also supportive foam that creates the perfect seating cushion that's also water resistant and all of that good stuff. And then the last piece is really the maintenance. So, you know, imagine if every time you, you, you want to use your sofa at the end of a long working day, you know, and then you have to think about, oh, is my sofa clean? Is it dry? Imagine that, right? But that's the problem with outdoor furniture. You always have to ask that question. And so... We solved that by basically creating this thing called Outer Shell. Um, it's kind of hard to describe over just voice, but imagine an integrated built-in piece of cover that's tucked behind the back of your back cushion, but that's you know attached to the seat cushion. So once you're done using the sofa, you can just pull the entire uh, cover over and then Velcro it to the bottom so it kind of like protects the entire cushion and turns it into a briefcase. Um, it also has a handle on top of it, so you can take the entire cushion and go with you in case of heavy rainstorms. But, you know, in the morning, if you just want to have a moment with, uh, you know, have a cup of coffee or whatever, you have, you know, left hand, you're holding a cup of coffee, you can just use one hand, use your right hand to just flip open the outer shell cover and the sofa is ready to use. So we're doing away the need for a heavy rain tarp. And we're, we're making the transporting cushions inside and out extremely easy if that's what you prefer to do. 
it's a very simple invention. If you look at the animation on our website, liveouter.com, it'll be like, wow, nobody has thought of this before. It's such a simple invention. And uh, that was really our aha moment. It's little things like that that no one has really thought about. We worked on, we came up with the design, we applied for a patent. And that's what our customers are raving about today. How did you pro- approach distribution at the early stages? You learn from my, you know, building my first company that, you know, we can't take the build it and they will come kind of mentality, right? That's a famous saying from, I guess, the, the Y Combinator school of thought. And I totally agree with that. And so it's increasingly harder if you're dealing with a physical product, in our case, a bulky sofa. But even then, you know, we, we were really meticulous in talking to customers, right? Customer development, talking to people who are living with their patio furniture, you know, day in, day out. And finding out what, you know, pain points they, they, they're dealing with, et cetera. And uh, one of it is the shopping experience. So, you know, you're asking about distribution. So if you're shopping for outdoor furniture today, you either go to a stuffy showroom, right, faced with a pushy salesperson in a fake setup, right, in this case, a fluorescent lit room, uh, you know, the, the furniture is inside, it's in, in, in an air-conditioned room. So you don't really get to see how it would perform in a real setting. The alternative is you're going online to these e-commerce platforms and sure you have more options, but that's also a problem, right? What is the difference between wicker and wood, boutique, aluminum? Should you use steel uh, over aluminum? What kind of different wicker, synthetic wickers are there? Is it PVC? Is it polyethylene? Is it high density polyethylene? What are the differences? So there's really not a lot of content, right? To educate you uh, online about that as well. And in addition, if you're shopping online, you don't get to see touch and feel. You don't get to leverage your five senses. And so one of the problems that we're trying to solve is exactly this customer experience, the shopping experience. And our answer is this thing called neighborhood showroom. And so the idea is that we're turning our customers' backyards into our physical showrooms. And so people who buy our product, who are enamored with it, they are actually willing to open up their backyard and list it on our, web, on our website, uh, obviously, you know, without disclosing their exact address so strangers can't just show up randomly. <laughs> it's a by appointment only, kind of like Airbnb. And then prospective customers can basically come to our site. If they live in Houston, for example, they can just say, where are some nearby neighborhood showroom hosts for outer that I can go physically see and touch and actually talk to a real customer about how they've lived with it in a real setting, right? In this case, it's a, it's a real person's backyard. And so in this way, the customer is getting a really great experience because you know, they're seeing the real product. They can get to see and touch it. They can talk to a real customer and interview how they like it. And they get ins- inspirations from how people, other people are decorating it and how they're setting it up. For the business, in this case, for us, we don't have to shell out millions of dollars building out these you know, archaic retail showrooms that honestly just don't get used a lot, right? If you think about like furniture retail, it's probably just second to buying a car. It's just really painful. You're going to this store and then, you know, it's just not a great experience. And so we were able to basically double down on that as our go-to-market and as our first distribution strategy. First of all, I 100% agree that the furniture showroom is not a great experience. What's one piece of advice that you have for founders that are building a DNVB physical good type businesses? Focus on the product. I mean, at the end of the day, the product is what matters. That's the case for software. That's the case for any startup. That's certainly the case for DNVBs that have physical goods. At the end of the day, you can take the easy route of picking, you know, going to Alibaba, going to these sites and just finding a product and just repackage it and sell it. But I would challenge everybody to take the longer route of identifying what is that problem that you can solve, you know, that's unique to your product and really work on the product, right? Find a designer, 
really spend the time understanding the product itself. How do you actually not just make little changes, but fundamentally change how it's made and how it's constructed? It's not easy, right? But I do think you know to build something that's that's of uh, value is never easy. And so I think DMVB is one of the most exciting opportunities that face entrepreneurs today due to the globalization and like you know global supply chain. But you can't. You know, try not to take the easy route of just swapping out the box and building a beautiful site, but invest into product design. And there you have it. If you enjoyed this, I highly recommend checking out Jake's full episode.